Hello there. Are you sure you're in the right place? See the name on the door? This podcast is spine chillers and serial killers. Surely you don't want to come in here. You do. Well, I must warn you that things are pretty adult in here. Absolutely no children are allowed. Obscene language, shocking and horrendous stories to chill you to your core, and terrifying tales that'll keep you up at night. The ladies inside aren't quite right. Lovely and hilarious, but very... strange. Still want in, do you? Well, you'll get what you're here for. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to this week's Spine Chillers and Kirill... Oh! <laughs> Kirill Snellers? Yeah! <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm, I'm Emma. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Right, I'm... Emma, she's Becky, that's Tash, this is Spine Chillers and Serial Killers, there. Um, welcome in. back! Yeah. <laughs> I, was in, I was doing a massive yawn that I couldn't get out of to say my name, so I'm kind of glad that's... <laughs> oh, but I'm so used to going last, I've just paused and was like, oh no, it's me, shit. Anyway, that's by the by, we are shit at intros. Yeah just showing that none of this is rehearsed none none oh my god i need to tell you about something tell me now tell us now so i on youtube right i i'm i like people's spots being popped i know it's disgusting but it's a guilty pleasure i have it makes me feel relaxed i like seeing pus (laughs) anyway so my youtube like algorithm is a bit gross anyway there was a little section on um you remember that show embarrassing bodies we've talked about it before yeah yeah love that show (laughs) yeah anyway there was a guy on there and he couldn't get his um he, he said oh it smells a bit and it's a bit sore like on top so he's talking about his willy and uh so the doctor had a look and she like tried to pull back his foreskin and he was like ow (laughs) ow and she's like oh is that as far back as your foreskin goes do you not like pull it all the way back i don't want to know i don't want to know you two are married i'm not married this might happen and the guy goes well no i don't pull it back because it hurts this guy was 24 and (laughs) the the doctor looked and she said, yeah, that stuff, that stuff is smegma. <laughs> oh, stop it. And it's all stuck to your dick and that's why you can't pull your foreskin down. The only medication I can give you is you have to wash your penis. He was 24. Oh, my God. He'd had sex with women. No, he hadn't. He Women hadn't. had had virgin. his... No, they hadn't! 
Somebody no, had had that no, in their mouth. No. <laughs> anyway, once I'm speechless. I'd, once I'd watched, <laughs> once I'd watched it, it then gave me another. Do you want to watch this video? You know, they kind of bring up the next similar thing. So it's a radio show, and this woman rings in, and she's like, "Oh, I was with this guy for three years." And um, his dick really smelt. It turns out he'd never washed it properly. So during those three years, I spent most of my time putting like olive oil on his foreskin and scooping out the smeg with a Q-tip. I just think these people need to be burnt. I I just think... Wet wood, dry wood, whatever. Just get them on the fire. Throw them in the bin. They don't... It's just horrible. Just... (laughs) A meme popped up on my phone. I've just sent it, and it's really fitting to what we've been talking about. Just just a perfect visual of smegma. Oh! (laughs) It's a meme of someone with a melted ice cream and a bowl and it's just like a creamy thick texture yeah but so. i think smegma's more cheesy i uh, think yeah. it's like more crumbly you know like a oh! good... <laughs> <laughs> like oh, a good the word cheesy and crumb crumbly cheese i'll be honest nice. i'm about 30 <laughs> seconds away from leaving this chat this is fucking yeah. disgusting no when you started i was already dragged heaving when you started telling the stories i knew where it was going like a really good stilton no i think it's unfair <laughs> because i could come across somebody like this you two couldn't because you're married Tash, if you meet a really great guy and you realise his dick is absolutely disgusting, would you spend, like, say he's a perfect man, but his dick is gross, would you spend three years cleaning it with a cute I would dump, I wouldn't, it wouldn't go any further than him undressing once. I can't understand the couple logic of... Right, George. Three years, Time. though. Like, she's Let's doing a shit job at cleaning dip. it. <laughs> Let's scoop out your foreskin. Oh. I've got anyway. the visual of a Q-tip going under foreskin and scooping out Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and some men don't wash their ass either. Have you, I've heard of that quite what? a few times. <laughs> some men don't wash their ass because they say it's... Do you mean they don't wash well, their ass, They don't wash their ass. <laughs> Why? Why not? Because touching the ass is. Well, some of them say, "Oh, touching the ass is is ho- is homosexual because it's an ass," which is absolute bullshit. And I think a you lot don't of have them... to clean inside it, but you have to clean oh around my it. God. You have to clean your ass. It's easy Toxic enough. Toxic masculinity. You have to like Toxic wash your crack. Well, yeah, yeah well, you, don't you, shout at me. I wash my ass. <laughs> this is one. Uh, uh, do you know what? I'm done. That's me out. I'm single forever. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it. It's fucking disgusting. <sighs> Most men know that they have to pull the foreskin back to clean their willies, I think. I hope. Uh, listen, I don't. I find willies overwhelming actually oh. no, don't want to, what about asses what about shitty asses <laughs> this did, whole conversation you, is just too much right now 
Or on um, Shag Married Annoyed, Rosie read around, you know, because they read out manky stories that the public, the British public send in. There was a guy that was getting, he'd gone to a hotel and was getting it on with this girl that he liked. And as they were kind of rolling around on the bed, shagging, he kind of leaned back on one of the pillows. And when they'd finished, he turned around and he left like a skid mark oh, on the pillow. Skid mark. Oh, yeah. no, more And then, so, and then he was like, he made it out that it was already there. Like, oh, I've just turned this pillow over and look, there's shit on it. Oh, that's disgusting. I'm going to go and complain. And he went out of the room and chucked it in the hallway, but told the girl that he was with. Surely it would smell, your bum would smell though. I don't, like, I don't know because my ass is clean, but oh, yeah, surely it would. I mean, to be fair, if that happened to me, which it wouldn't, because again, I wash my bottom. Clean. Does Ben though? What, That's what, the, the question. The, it was his ass that did the mud stripe on the pillow. It wasn't hers. It was him. Well, I've never seen a mud stripe. Ben must wash his bottom. Okay, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, to be fair, if that happened to me, I think I'd play it like he, him, like, Ugh, yeah. this yeah, is so that disgusting. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's the only way you can play it, isn't it? I'm like, not conf- I'm not fessing up. I'm not fessing up. Yeah, I'd definitely rather him play it r- that way than try and blame it on her and be, <laughs> be like, oh, you minger. Uh, <laughs> that would Shitty be such ass. an horrible move. <laughs> <laughs> At least he uh, threw it in the hallway like a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he like made out oh i went down to reception to complain and but he not he just chucked it in the hallway and it wasn't there the next day so the poor cleaning person had to go and pick that up great sure well i mean hotel stuff i'm sure i've seen 10 times worse oh god when we were turning the mattresses one time um we found a dildo under the mattress which is really like un- in between the bed and the mattress the bed base. It seems the like a weird place to put it. Really in a strange hotel room. because you're also yeah. Like I understand if that's your home and that's where you decide to keep your dildo. Fine, but it's yeah. a really strange place to keep it in a hotel hotel room. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Why would you want to use your dildo after it's touched a hotel mattress? Well, wouldn't you take it with you? Yeah, and wouldn't it break? I mean, what? they're expensive. <laughs> well, it's more than expensive, <laughs> aren't they? Um, but yeah, I feel re- it was it was really funny. And then we'd find all sorts of things under the mattresses. We found like like sexy underwear, like all sorts of stuff. A flog, you know, like to hit somebody. Oh, like a whip. One of those. Yeah. No, it's like a paddle, isn't it? A flog. Like a paddle. Yeah. 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 Oh, was it a paddle? I w- I was picturing the leather straps on the end of the no, wick. No, you know? no, like a, it's more like a paddle. We found one of those. You'd find all sorts, but yeah. Shoe. Kinky. We found People a shoe once. Yeah. Well, a shoe's pretty, you know. Yeah, I'm but- coming back into reception. I'm sorry, I left my flog and <laughs> dildo under the mattress. Can I go and yeah. get it? How have they left a shoe? That, like, that's what I'm sure they noticed. Under the mattress, though. But also, how has nobody else laying on that mattress felt a bump a in the mattress? Maybe they liked it. Did it vibrate? What, the shoe? <laughs> yeah, the shoe. Yeah, the shoe. You, Wally. <laughs> no, anyway, it, wasn't a, we, it um... wasn't a vibrating dildo. So what's your correction corner, Becky Boo? Oh, yeah. 
if you tuned in last week, I was um, talking about Cum Loud University, but I think it's... Hold on, let me just... I was sent by one of my very good friends, Rachel. Shout out to you, babes. I don't know whether she didn't know what it was or she did know what it was and therefore she's sending me the definition of cum loud. But Turns it's not out, cum loud, is it? It's cum, cum lord? No, no, it's not cum, cum lord. Lorde, there we go. Lorde, yeah. So it turns out it's actually not a place and it's a... Um, it's an adverb. Um, <laughs> it- <laughs> um, what is it again? It's an adverb. It's um, an honorary mention of a diploma, yeah. isn't it? So it says, with distinction, with reference to a university degree and diplomas, he received his AB degree come Lorde. There we yeah. go. I also got sent that by uh, one of our listeners, John. Who was who found it very funny? But hey, you know that's that's just us. We're not. Um, I didn't go into to... higher education. I do not have a come law day. What? No. <laughs> but come that that cum is. I mean, there's like towns round near where I live that are. I don't know whatever the name of the town is, and it's like a three word name. So I don't know. Say it's like. Oh, I can't, th- I can't think. I also just don't want to say where I live. But um, this is fascinating. I'm loving this. There's a town that's called, well, oh, what it is. What does come mean? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Come must be like an old English word. It's probably Latin. Yeah. Come laude yeah. to me sounds Latin. Yeah. Probably made another horribly embarrassing mistake there, but there we go. I'm We're, saying it's Latin. No. I mean, I've just put come. Oh, preposition. Oh, it's a preposition. <laughs> so it's not an adverb. So, this is so boring. <laughs> this is so bad. Like, we're trying to do a correct. Look, it, look, it's a play. No, it's not a place. It's a thing. It says combined with, also used as, used to describe things with a dual nature or function. Well, that's really cleared it up. No, but it does. A study come bedroom. But I would never spell come that way if I was saying that. Also, semen. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Did you, you know really we- just do a dirty laugh because <laughs> you said semen? <laughs> semen. <laughs> you know when you've got like... No, it makes sense. So, you know when you say like... Oh, this is my, this is the second bedroom come study. Yeah. So that, instead is of that using C-U-M? C-O-M-E, yeah, it's C-U-M, who knew? Well, fuck me, I didn't. There's many things that I don't know. That would make sense when it's like a town or a village, so it would be like, I don't know. Um... Oh God, we're back on the fucking town. <laughs> Leeds, Leeds come York. Like, it would be adjacent to. Okay. Anyway, this is great, great. Yeah. Entertaining. Absolutely loving it. Oh, 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 oh. Completely unrelated. Oh, two things, actually. Oh, I'm getting so excited. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a musical orgasm. Um... (laughs) 
So I'm setting up my little studio at the minute because eventually we would like to do video podcasts. Now, that's probably going to go terribly wrong. But uh, at some point, we're going to give it a go. So I kind of want to make a spooky atmosphere. And this is kind of my room anyway. So I want it to be... Well, I want it to reflect my personality. Which I is... would like to say there will absolutely be no spooky stuff. I would just be in my lounge still. So Emma will bring That's all fine. that. I'll just be here. Can you not like have a neon dick at the back of you or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> Sprinkling. Oh, it, you could have the jizz like falling on you, like if yeah. it flashed. So it, it so it nice, looked like a water. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. <laughs> discussion yeah. piece. <laughs> Yeah, and do you know what? I'm also going to use it on my Tinder profile, so yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's going to get a lot of interest. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to make this room my own, very much my personality, which is creepy, spooky, goth. I mean, creepy in a nice way. I'm not like a creepy person. I like creepy stuff. Yeah, we know what you mean, babe. I remember your, you used to have a little room like that, didn't you? Yeah, probably. I had a whole mm. black room at one point. I remember, I really liked it. Yeah, so it was sparkly. It was black and sparkly. Anyway, that's by the by. So I bought a little teddy. It's a pink bunny and it's absolutely adorable. I love it. And it's a bunny, but like with scars on it and a missing eye. And anyway, I posted the photo to Facebook. So if you're on our Facebook, you'll have seen it and said, come on, help me name the bunny. So there was some fabulous answers like everybody had a great idea but i've I've made my decision no go on and the bunny will be called ted bunny it'll be called what ted bunny ted bunny just tash under yeah instead of ted bundy ted bunny ted bunny and it and it's also a teddy you're disappointed because it's not gary isn't it yeah i am because three people thought that was funny Hang on, I've not finished. Because I loved that teddy bear so much. Yeah. I have ordered another one. Yeah. That's a very similar zombie type thing. And it's a cat. Yeah. And I've already decided on a name. Is it Gary? So it's a a mix of what you said and what Brenda said. And the cat zombie will be called the Mighty Gary. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) so thank you ruth for ted bunny because that was hilarious and uh yeah when the cat gets here he will be the mighty gary yes he fucking will so there we go so that was the first thing i wanted to tell you the second thing is i found out a fact this week that absolutely blew my mind (laughs) i could not believe this you know argentina like as what, in the, the don't cry for me argentina that's the one that was beautiful yeah. oh, thanks gorgeous yeah so argentina the country if i was to ask you what climate was it, what it was what would you say isn't argentina in south america yeah so i would say warm Hot. yeah right that's exactly what i thought i was like i, it, I thought it, it was cold Oh, you thought it was cold. Yeah, because it's really Where, at the bottom, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, Next I'm not Chile. very good at geography. Well, chilly. It's chilly, not hot. Chilly's hot. But chilly yeah, can but there's be loads cold. Of mountains and stuff. Yeah. Chilly's cold. So, but look, look, look. <laughs> I thought Cum Loud was a place. 
But so. also Peru. Peru's cold, isn't it? In the mountains. Why are we on Peru? I just <laughs> want to talk about Argentina. She just wants to drop that she knows countries next to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, go on. I thought the climate was hot. I thought South America was hot. Yeah, I mean, if someone was to ask me quickly, what's the climate like in Argentina? I would say it's probably warm. You might want a bit of sun cream. Yeah, whack a sun cream on, put a factor 50 on your face. You should put that on your face anyway, every day. I do actually every day. I do nearly every day. The fact is Argentina is actually cold. When you say cold, like proper cold. I mean, bordering on Chile. Chile is in or Chile the country. <laughs> We're saying so many countries. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> Stop it, Emma! What are you doing? when you're telling a joke (laughs) why am i walking into these i am so committed to your jokes (laughs) oh i'm disappointed then i thought you were gonna get it straight away (laughs) it's cold bordering on chili there you go. Oh, right. My, my stupidity never fails. To I spoil it because I said that it's but it's next to Chile. Really? <laughs> but I didn't say Chile. I said it Chile. <laughs> oh my oh, lord! Oh. oh my lord! I don't think I'll ever be a comedian, will I? I Not with us two. The stupids. problem is we just, ruin just it questions. because. <laughs> all we can hear is of the joke just flying over our heads and we're just like oh i'm gonna have to cut down that silence but guys that silence was long (laughs) did you feel lonely i was like crickets i'm pretty sure some tumbleweed flew past you oh what you should do is put crickets (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. Little soundtrack. Yeah, sound effect. Honestly, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We're just so stupid. I keep ruining your jokes, don't I? (laughs) Oh, no. Last week, you made it so much better. (laughs) Wait, wait. I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, bless you, cotton socks. Anyway, I suppose I better tell you a spooky story. Please yes. do, please do. Because we've been talking because about jokes it. are tiring, and it, we're just we're just not up for it. We're just not yeah. we're not getting them. Well, I only have one. You know, it's didn't and it flopped. So I'm sulking it didn't now. flop. We're just stupid. I don't think it flopped, Emma. I think if anything, <laughs> it is even better because we're so fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Anyway, right, here we go. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to communicate with the dead? Well, only yeah. every fucking day of my life. Oh, well, there you go. 
What questions would you ask? <laughs> what what year they were from like when they were alive if if it's like an unknown dead person to me oh i'd probably like be like where are you from or when are you from oi 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 how is when are you from sexy <laughs> when are you from oi oi I didn't know what to say, so I just added it in. <laughs> I'm just meant to say, you know, like, where or when are you from? Like, hey, hey, look at me being all, when are you from? There's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no coming back from that. <laughs> so Becky's basically trying to very awkwardly come on to the ghost. <laughs> yeah. Um, but- but this is why I wouldn't ask questions because I'm too awkward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tash, I'd ask them, um, what do they think the climate is in Argentina? <laughs> <laughs> and then say, oh, well, actually, it's bordering on Chile. <laughs> and then you just get a long silence. And then the ghost didn't come back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you be frightened or would you be intrigued i think i'd be intrigued i think i'd no i think i'd be freaked out as fuck oh yeah i'd bam pooing myself right i think as long as you wash your ass would as well (laughs) yeah i'd I'd make sure i got a pillowcase before it happened (laughs) just smear it on yeah (laughs) like uh, like you know when cats and dogs have an itchy ass I hope no one's eating their tea when they're listening to this tonight. Who is eating their dinner whilst listening to our podcast? Four seasons. I occasionally listen to podcasts while eating. Yeah, but you select which podcast you're going to listen to whilst eating. Yeah, yeah. In our day and age, there are many devices supposedly able to capture ghost voices. EVP, for example, or spirit boxes that scan through radio waves. Are we really hearing the dead? Is this 100% scientifically undeniable? No. There's always a yes, but it could be this or it could be that. However, in today's story, if it is a glitch or a hoax, no one, not even the experts, are able to explain it. This could be one of the only truly undeniable cases where a human communicated for years with the dead. John Makowski bought a little house on the outskirts of downtown LA in 1985. He lived there with a friend he had made from school, John Huckett. The two men instantly felt an eerie atmosphere in the house. The kind of feeling like someone is watching you when no one's there. Or when you feel on edge for no reason. Huckett would feel a hand tap him on the shoulder only to turn around to see no one was there. He saw a slow, floating shadow move around the house. And every time, he would try to figure out what was making the shadow, but every time, he never found out what it could be. He also saw an old man standing by his settee, but as soon as he tried to make eye contact with the man, he vanished. Matkowski began having strange burning feelings on his arms, a bit like sunburn or pins and needles. That's how he knew there was something around. All that, plus the bathroom door would never stay closed and would fly open on its own accord, made the pair begin to wonder if the house was haunted. 
Huckett had gotten a camera from his dad for Christmas. It was a Polaroid. One day, the bathroom door swings open really deliberately right in front of him. So he grabs the camera and snaps a pic. When it developed, there was a kind of wispy white stuff on the picture, almost like cotton fibre. Smegma. Oh, I would <laughs> forgotten about the smeg. That's ghost smeg. Ghost smeg. I suppose it is kind of ghost smeg. And in the middle, there were two eyes and a mouth making the stereotypical ghost shape going boo. (laughs) Now he thought, okay, my dad has obviously messed with the camera trying to prank me. So he snapped another and another. And every time there was a type of weird white fluffy thing on the photo. He showed the photos to Mikowski. I'm calling them by their last names because they're both called John. So it's... Just going to be impossible otherwise. He showed the photos to Mikowski, who of course thought his friend was messing about. After all, the ghost face one looked comical. But Hooker assured him he wasn't and asked John to take a picture of him to prove it. The picture of John came out surrounded again by white wisps. The pair continued snapping weird pics until they ran out of film. And then they kind of just got on with their lives, not really having an explanation, not trying to overthink the haunting. Just like, that was fun. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Let's not think about that anymore. But the photos were still in the house and they looked at them every so often and eventually the urge to buy new film was too strong. So they did. They would take pictures every time they felt that weird feeling in the house. Sometimes the pics came out totally normal, but others, the white blobs, were still there. Uh. This carried on for months. The pair had no idea what was going on, but didn't feel overly comfortable talking about it, as they worried people would think they're crazy. But in the end, the need to talk to someone about it overwhelmed them, so they invited a group of friends over to tell them. They showed them the pictures, and of course, all the guests had a bazillion questions. One of them asked, is it here now? The only way to know the answer was to take a photo. When the photo developed, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. The word yes was clearly written across the Polaroid in white, wispy clouds. Ooh. Okay, so this, whatever it is, could understand them and reply via Polaroids. It sounds insane, and yet the communication continued. It wasn't just a one-off. Yeah. Another friend held the camera and asked, are you a good ghost or a bad ghost? And the photo they developed straight away afterwards said, friend. In the same cotton ball type writing. Friend. (laughs) Did you say it at the same time? (laughs) Friend. They asked, what's your name? The answer came through, right, W-R-I-G-H-T. The excitement and anxiety in the room was palpable, but everyone kept going to try and find the trick. How were the two friends doing this? The simple answer is, they weren't. Who was doing it then? Well, Mr. Wright, by by the looks of it. Where do you go when you're not here, they asked. The word that appeared in the photo was strange. It just said flux. F-L-U-X. A weird word that I'm not ashamed to say I had to look up. It has multiple definitions. 
an abnormal discharge of blood or other bodily fluid. Nice. Oh. Guessing that's not the one. <laughs> hmm. The action of flowing or flowing out was another. I don't know why flowing out made me feel uncomfortable. Like that guy's smegma once was a bit of olive oil on there. (laughs) Olive oil is so expensive as well. Yeah, that's the main concern of this story. Definitely. The price of olive oil. (laughs) That's what Mr. Wright's come back from the dead to say. (laughs) Don't use olive oil on your smegma. Just wash your dick. In the shower. <laughs> so, the action of flowing off... God, we're unhinged tonight. Sorry, yeah, people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's what the people want. It's what they, they love it. The action of flowing or flowing out was another. Continuous change was another. I'm not really sure what right meant, but I feel that he's floating around somewhere called the flux. They asked the spirit if he could show himself to show them what he looks like, and the answer written within the photo said, not ready. They didn't know whether it it was he who wasn't ready or that he thought that they weren't ready to see him. The two friends felt better knowing that other people had now seen this weird phenomena for themselves and believed them, but they still didn't quite know how to deal with it. I mean, he seemed nice, he wasn't really bothering anyone, so as creeped out as they were, they just continued as normal. It wasn't until Mikowski was watching a 90s show called Sightings, a show very similar to Unsolved Mysteries, that was discussing the paranormal, that he thought, hey, maybe they could find out what's going on here. And he sent off a few pictures, not expecting to hear back. But very shortly after sending the show the pictures, he was contacted to ask if they could do a live investigation there. The team showed up with Kerry Gaynor, a well-known parapsychologist that we've spoken about before, actually. He was one of the people trying to help Doris Byther, um, the woman whose haunting inspired the entity. Do you remember that story? Where we had the weird photo with the arc of light over it. Do you remember? Yeah. She was living in a really dilapidated house and was getting raped by uh, these entities. So Mm. anyway, Kerry Gaynor was uh, a parapsychologist on that case as well. They sent some other photographs off to Polaroid to see if the actual manufacturers of the camera and film could explain how it could be done. And the sightings team all had the same brand of camera and film to see if they could replicate the activity. And they did. Between the time that John Murkowski had contacted sightings and the time they arrived, the spirit had taken to responding to some of the questions in Latin, which, of course, neither of the Johns spoke. So they had to look things up in a Latin dictionary. They once asked if Wright had died at the property. It was over 100 years old, so some deaths must have happened. The answer came in Latin, and they translated it to... Among other things, a murder victim. Ooh. The first investigator from the show to get an answer asked, are most spirits good spirits or bad spirits? And the answer came, there are numerous remedial lemures. 
Now, no one knew what that meant, so they got the Latin dictionary out and looked yeah, out. Of course, of course. <laughs> the Latin dictionary comes to the rescue yeah, Everyone again. has one. <laughs> Don't read anything out, though. She'll accidentally conjure up a demon. <laughs> the definition was the night-walking spirits of the dead. Well, that's, that's great. <laughs> I have to stress that each camera and each set of film used for this investigation was new and unopened, and the process of each photo being taken was carefully watched to rule out any pranks. The sightings team had no idea how to even begin to explain what was happening. Kerry Gaynor, who had spent his life searching for paranormal happenings and who had seen some pretty scary stuff, said he'd never seen anything like this. Polaroid, so the actual, like, camera manufacturers, said that if the cameras and films were new and unopened, and that people had witnessed the photo being taken, then there was absolutely no explanation either. They had each photo examined by a special effects and photography specialist, and he said that none of them had been tampered with. So I don't know if you can like grasp how mind-blowing this is because they're asking expert after expert and everybody's saying it's legit we d- we've got no explanation have you got any pictures of these yeah i'll, sh- I'll show you at the end i'll show you at the okay end. so this specialist uh later tried to replicate the writing And he succeeded, but his method was extremely time-consuming and involved laying out written words on a blank screen, which, of course, none of them had done. They were simply taking photos and, you know, the photo was popping out. So did he prove it could be done? Yes, but not without a lot of time and effort. The total amount of time it took for each photo to be taken averaged on about 45 seconds. So he spent like two hours trying to replicate it and he succeeded in two hours. These guys were getting the same effect after 45 seconds. Yeah. Which is about the time it takes for a Polaroid to um, develop. develop. The investigation continued and more questions were asked. Are you here for John or because of the house? The answer was in Latin, genius loci, meaning the guardian spirit of man or place. So I guess we're none the wiser with that one. They came to the conclusion that even if this wasn't a spirit, the only other answer, besides an extremely elaborate hoax that no one could explain, was that the people were using telekinesis to print images from their minds straight onto the photo. Now, this seems highly unlikely to me, as firstly, multiple people took pics and got answers. So what are the odds of all these people being able to achieve telekinesis? I'd say quite low. Quite low. <laughs> and secondly, secondly, if no one can speak Latin, how would they manage to mind write Latin phrases? Yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty slim, isn't it? Pretty slim. The sighting show brought in a psychic called Peter James, who was well known in the 90s for his gift to communicate with spirit. He picked up on multiple ghosts. Now, I'm not at all debunking this guy, but he reeled off a list of names very precisely, all of which had been previous owners of the house. Yeah, almost as if he'd looked it up and to sound well, to look credible. <laughs> mm, yeah, this is... 
It bothered me when he got to Stephen or Stefan, because if he's hearing the names, he should know how to pronounce it, right? Yeah. Yeah. If he'd read them, however, before arriving at the house, he might simply just not know how to pronounce the name. Mm. But that's just a little thing that niggled at me. I wouldn't be mentioning the psychic at all if it wasn't for one important detail. Peter James said he felt strongly that Wright's body was buried on the property. Remember him saying that, among other things, he was a murder victim? Yep. After the show aired, the story got a lot of attention, and a few paranormal investigators did continue to research the weird occurrence. In total, 12,000 photographs with ghostwriting were captured before Polaroids stopped making that precise type of film, and sadly, no other film captured the writing. Something to do with the chemical compound of the film, according to the owners of the house. In 2013, a group of total non-believers were allowed to come in and try out the theory by buying the old film on eBay. They arrived sceptical, but left astounded and in disbelief as they had captured ghostwriting for themselves on their own cameras, with their own film. They were asking about where the body was buried, and they got two photos, saying one saying, dig, and the other saying, here. Now, to my knowledge, the owners have dug wherever possible, but they can't dig up the foundations of their house for obvious reasons. But one of their pets further confirmed the psychic and the sceptic's findings. They owned a border collie, a highly intelligent breed of dog, that downright refused to stand, walk over, or be anywhere near the area that had been indicated on the photos, and via Peter James. Now, we all know that animals sense things we can't, and this seems to be the case here. As the film was no longer being produced, the ghostwriter vanished. But the ghostly occurrences still occur to this day. The shadow people still roam, The two Johns still get touched by invisible hands and they have even managed to capture a shadow person in a group photo. No explanation has ever been given about the ghostwriter, right? No one has ever been able to debunk it or prove it's all a hoax. The Polaroid ghost, for me, is one of the most exciting pieces of evidence to prove the existence of other spiritual realms. Oh. There you go. Oh. Would you like a few uh, visual aids, my ladies? Oh, I always yeah. need a visual aid. Oy, oy. Okay, so I'm going to send you the first one. Um, you know that it was a, like a comical one that they were like, "There's no way this is right. It's it's a joke." Yeah. So there it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks like it's been drawn almost. Ooh! It really looks like it's going, ooh. So that's the white kind of wispy stuff. Ooh, it's it's more, it's not as see-through as I thought it was going to be. Also looks like, it kind of looks like a penis. You need a good shag if you think that's what a penis looks like. It looks like a little penis with little arms. I mean. Look at it. It kind of looks like a comedy ghost to me. Yeah. And the writing looked like this. Oh, God. Ew. That is weird. 
That is very strange. There's That's no mistaking. Weird. It looks like something out of a film. Yeah. Anyway, let's stick a promo here. Yeah, let's do that. Hello, Twisted Humans. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. In 1952, there was a record high of UFOs reported. 1,500 sightings. There has been evidence of human sacrifice, devil worship, and it is haunted by more spirits than can be counted. A family of two adults and two kids reportedly saw a giant flying thing with glowing red eyes. And meanwhile, the family's nanny that helped Veronica to care for her and Lucian's children was found bludgeoned to death in the basement of their family home. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted Twisted and Uncorked. And thank you very much for that promo. Fucking hell. Who's that? Wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, crack on, because we've... uh... We're fanning about here. You've got 10 minutes, Bex, and then I'm off. All right. All right. (laughs) I'm afraid, Emma, that this isn't a very old one. I remember this one happening, so... Lovely. Lovely jubbly. So, Joanna Claire Yates was born on the 19th of April, 1985, to David and Teresa Yates in Hampshire, England. She was privately educated at Embley, Embley Park near Romsey. She graduated with a degree in landscape architecture from Whittle College. Did she have a cum laude, though? <laughs> Do we get those in England? No, probably not. I was try- again just trying to be funny. God, guys! I laughed, I laughed. <sighs> you, you did, all right. Mm-hmm. Go on, carry on, I'll shut up. don't take it that way (laughs) right so she received her postgraduate diploma in landscape architecture from the university of gloucestershire in december 2008 joanna met 25 year old architect so they they probably met through school greg reardon and they eventually got together and the couple moved in together in 2009 they eventually settled in bristol when the company that they were both working for moved there. And Joanna later changed jobs to work at a building design partnership in Bristol. They both moved into a, a flat 44, oh, Canyage Road? Canage, Canage, Canage Road? Oh, anyway. I, I mean, pers- I don't know that road, so. Yeah. <laughs> so they moved into a road in Bristol. So it was a large house that had been divided into several flats. So they moved in there in October 2010. So later that year, the couple were looking forward to Christmas. They had organised to spend Christmas at home and have like a party with them and their friends. So because they were doing it between friends, the weekend before Christmas, Joanna's partner, Greg, went back to see his mum and dad in Yorkshire, like the weekend before Christmas. The following following weekend was Christmas, so he was just spending the weekend before with his his parents. Uh, But Joanna had to work. So with her boyfriend away, Joanna went for some after-work drinks on Friday the 17th of December. And then from there, she headed home, buying herself a pizza on the way 
before arriving back around 8.30 p.m. So that was the night that Joanna stopped replying to her boyfriend's texts. But Greg didn't really start worrying until the next day as he knew that she was going out with some friends and stuff. She was probably just a bit busy in that. When, like, the next morning she still wasn't answering any of his calls or any of his texts, he was getting pretty worried. So when he returned on the Sunday, he arrived home to a flat that was eerily silent, apart from the couple's frantic cat that had not been fed. Oh. So you know that cat's going at it. You know how cats are. when you can just like, how dare you leave me? But Joanna's purse was there. And when Greg tried calling her, her phone started ringing in a coat pocket that was still in the hallway. Well, that's never a good sign, is it? Not a good sign. Bag and her coat and her phone. And the cat's a bit frantic. Temperatures in Bristol were below zero that week, so you couldn't really leave the house without a coat. So Greg called Joanna's parents a little bit frantic, trying to see if she'd gone there or if they knew where she was. And they also hadn't heard from her since the Friday. So Greg called the police and reported her missing. The investigation began pretty quickly and they took it pretty seriously. And I remember actually being in England at the time, visiting family for Christmas and hearing about Joanna being missing on the radio. So police set up searches with friends and family joining in to help. Sadly, on Christmas Day, with snow on the ground, Joanna Yates's body was found by dog walkers and it had been left on the roadside near the entrance to a quarry three miles away from her home. Oh, God. So as the couple of the, the dog so workers sad. were, they kind of walked past a mound of snow that just didn't feel right. So they turned back around and approached it, and that's when they saw... Joanna's jeans and part of her leg that was kind of uncovered by the snow. So they called it in. So police initially thought that it was possible that Joanna had frozen to death because her body at first showed no visible signs of injury. And investigators announced on the 28th of December that the case had become a murder inquiry as the pathologist who performed her autopsy determined that she had died as a result of strangulation. So the examination also confirmed that Joanna did not eat the pizza that she had purchased on the way home. There was no evidence to suggest that she was sexually assaulted in any way, so at least there was at least there's that. Now the police were no longer looking for a missing person, they were hunting a killer. They were going through hundreds of hours of surveillance footage Authorities advised people living in the area to secure their homes and warned women not to walk alone after dark. I would absolutely shit myself if that's if like they're telling people like say in the area I I'm in they were like lock your doors don't go out at night I would abs I would be fucking terrified. Yeah, it would be horrendous. Yeah, it wouldn't be the one, would it? And then also, bless it, she was found on Christmas Day. That family. Yeah, I mean, yeah that, that's just ruined Christmas for that entire family. For that family. I mean, any day it would have been terrible, but it's just, it always, I think things happening on Christmas Day just makes it, just makes everything worse. 
Well, yeah, because that's the one day a year when generally people are all together and having a nice time. And now that family, not only do they have this immense grief, but they don't even get Christmas time. Exactly. Because it's, yeah, I know what you mean. It would have been awful Mm. any other day, but yeah, it just makes it worse. Yeah. So as there were no signs of forced entry at the apartment, detectives turned to her neighbours. So they went door to door through the, the the different flats in at the house where Joanna and Greg lived. And one of the people that lived there was Christopher Jeffries, who was also the landlord. We also got a full name there, so mm, I'm wary. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Jeffries was a retired English teacher who lived alone. He had very wild, unkempt white hair like a 2000s version of Einstein, that kind of look, a bit crazy. Yeah. And wore a shabby old coat. He was very eccentric and awkward when he spoke. Bit like us. Yeah, I'm a bit like loads of people. But (laughs) he told the police that he was in his apartment all night, alone, so he didn't have an alibi. So, and then he was just a bit weird. So... Police quickly added him to their list of possible suspects. Definitely sounds suspicious. You know, cause he, he, I think all the neighbours were suspects, but they just kind of, you know, just about a bit more about him. We didn't get full names for the other neighbours, though. <laughs> Another person who was also living at the, at the, in the same building rang the police because they were out of the country visiting family because they'd left just after. They they called the police and said that Mr. Jeffrey's car had changed position sometime that evening as they had seen it parked in the parking area, like, one way. And then when they left really early the next morning, it had turned around. Mm, so he had been out. Yeah, for someone that was supposed to have been in all night. How did his car flip round? Around the same time, obviously the media were everywhere. It was like massive was this story. Uh, so they were everywhere in the street trying to talk to everyone, all the neighbours and everything. So one of the TV crews happened to cross Jeffries as he was going to get in his car. And like I said, he, he, it was like a funny appearance. And they asked him what happened. And so he basically told the papers exactly what he said to the police, that he didn't really know her, but she was his um, tenant. And, you know, he was very sad, but, you know, he was, you know, he didn't know anything and he wasn't really allowed to say anything anyway because it's an ongoing investigation. So that's basically what he said to them and then got into his car. But Jeffries smirked when he was nervous. and making him look very guilty to some. After hearing about the whole car switching positions in the parking area, police took Jeffries into custody and also did like a search on his property, took all of his stuff, did DNA swabs, and they kept him in for questioning. And the media went a little bit mental because they were like, ha-ha, we've got interviewed a him and they've got him and they're keeping him in. So on the 31st of December... A senior police officer granted investigation uh, investigators a 12-hour extension to the arrest. So instead of just it being 24 hours, they 
extended it by another 12 hours. So they subsequently applied to magistrates for further extensions. So they kept him all in all for two days, but they could have kept him up to 96 hours. But they released him on bail after two days. A police officer was sent out to the person who called about Mr. Jeffrey's car. So it was a, a man called Vincent Tabak. He was a 32-year-old engineer, and he was from Holland, which is where he was visiting family when he'd rang up earlier. Oh, we got a full name there as well, so now yeah. I'm very confused. Yeah, so he lived in the flat with his girlfriend, and his flat was next door to Joanna and Greg's. So Detective Constable Karen Thomas was sent to meet Vincent in Holland. In Holland? Yeah, in Holland. So on New Year's Eve. So it's the same. uh, She went out the same day that they arrested Jeffries. It was to build a case against against Jeffries, who they were holding back in Bristol. Yeah. But DC Thomas's intuition told her that something wasn't quite right with this Vincent Tabak guy. He was asking too many questions about the forensic side of the case. And he got very weird when he was asked to volunteer a DNA sample. The detective grew suspicious. And when it became clear that their current suspect, Mr. Jeffries, wasn't the murderer, attention turned to 32-year-old Tabak. In the meantime, the wholly innocent Mr. Jeffries was eventually released. But as I mentioned earlier, the media basically printed everything in the papers that Jeffries was guilty because he looked odd. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, The Mirror called him a peeping Tom. Right. Massive letters on their front page. They put a big picture of him saying a peeping Tom, which is a load of shit. The Sun put a big headliner, the strange Mr. Jeffries, with a, a very unflattering photo of Mr. Jeffries. He looks like he was wearing a judge a judge wig, you know, those things. The Daily Mail and The Sun, I think, were the worst, and along with the news of the world. So the Daily Mail put a huge photo saying, could this man hold the key to Joanna's murder? And then another one, could this long-haired weirdo possibly be innocent? Question oh, mark, question mark. For fuck's wow. sake. I hate then, the British tabloids yeah, so much. They are horrendous. Yeah, and then under that headliner, they put like an extra little thing. Is your landlord a murderer? These are ten telltale signs. And they're oh, basically wow. all describing him. Number one, weird hairstyle. Number two, funny glasses. Number three lives alone four a retired schoolmaster five a weird accent i just went you know all the way up to 10 just describing the way that they they say that mr jeffrey's acts he was completely torn apart in the media even after they declared him innocent they didn't stop and they hounded him and it was really really bad surely he could sue them because you know um, innocent until proven guilty is a thing, right? Yeah, but they had they had loads of people. I think mean, he was getting shouted at, threats. Yeah, well, everybody would. Be, yeah, death threats, yeah. everything. I bet. I mean, his life is fucked. Yeah, I'll get back to him in a minute. All right. So Vincent Tabak or Tabak was the youngest of five siblings. He was raised in Uden or Uden, 
21 miles north of Einhoven in in Holland. Tabak's childhood next-door neighbour, John Messers, described him after the trial as an intelligent, introverted learner. Vincent moved to the United Kingdom after taking a job at the headquarters of Bureau Happold, which is a engineering consultancy firm in Bath. He worked as a people flow analyst, which is a role that required him to examine how people move around in public spaces to kind of create a safer flow for crowds, like in schools, airports, sports stadiums, stuff like that. That's weird. Yeah, I didn't know that was a job, but anyway. That's a job, there you go. That's a job. So it wasn't until about three weeks later until police finally actually arrested Vincent Tabak. The forensic evidence that he was worried about did indeed implicate him. <gasps> Police found traces of DNA left on, on Joanna's body from when he carried her, along with DNA, her DNA, in his car. What an idiot. Yeah. So in the months leading up to Joanna's death... Vincent had used his computer to research to research escort agencies during his business trips in the UK and the US. He contacted several sex workers by phone. He also viewed violent internet pornography, which showed women being controlled by men, shows image of them be, of being bound and gagged and held by the neck and, and choked, but getting worse than the, just the normal little bit of choking. It's like pretty hard stuff. Yeah. And then it just eventually got worse and worse, like more into snuff films and stuff. Oh, so God. It, yeah. Sicko. On the night of the murder, and because he kind of knew about, you know, well, a lot of us do, but, you know, like security cameras and stuff, he knew that he could try and use that as an alibi. So he'd gone to like certain shops and stuff late in the evening and even sent a text message while in the shop under the camera so we can see him. And he did this to kind of say, look, no, I was out. I was out at a shop and look, even my phone, I'd sent a message from it, you know, showing that I was out. You know, just try and create a, an alibi for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, using his people flow experience. One would uh, even say a people flux. Oh, <laughs> One could say. Well done. It's likely that poor Joanna was already dead when he was caught on the ca on camera. In his defence, he claimed he eventually admitted doing it, but he claimed that he had accidentally killed her. It wasn't sexually motivated, but he was trying to silence her after she screamed when he tried to kiss her. He claimed that Joanna had made a flirty comment and invited him to drink with her. And then after she screamed, he held her hands over, his hand over her mouth and around her neck to silence her, and then accidentally killed her, and then panicked. Uh, okay. Yeah. That old also, I mean, yeah. it's not like that happens in 10 seconds, right? No. It takes a long time to strangle somebody, apparently. And also, why silence her? If she screams, you just go, oh, God, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, I've read that this wrong. This is awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I've read sorry. wrong signals. Sorry. Anyway, 
Bye abort, forever. Abort, abort. Yeah. yeah. You don't like. Back out of the door. You don't like. <laughs> grab them round the neck. Yeah. I'm just going to choke you now. Um, but he said the reason why he went to her apartment is apparently she was looking out of her window. And as he walked up to the house, he said that that she beckoned him in. Beckoned? You know, like with her hand. Beckoning. Beckoning. You know it's kinky when you're being beckoned. Beckoned. So, And that's mm. why he was like, ooh. And then she made a flirty comment. And then that's why he went in for the kiss. Yeah. But when they asked him to show, like, as he said, she did this, you know, beckoning thing with his hand. He actually just waved. That's hello, mate. That's just hi. That's just hello. A beckon is when you're you're. Like, well, you can't see me, what I'm doing. But you know what a beckoning is? Like, come here we with your hand. With one or finger. like with one finger, like, oh. come here, big boy. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. just waved at him like a neighbour would do. Yeah. Mm. Hi, I'm about to eat my pizza. And then he went and bothered her before she could even do that. And then everything happened. So people didn't believe him. So the jury was set out to deliberate on the 26th of October and returned a verdict within two days. So on the 28th of October 2011, Vincent Tabak was found guilty of Joanna Yates' murder uh, by a 10-2 majority verdict, and he was jailed for life with a minimum sentence of 20 years. While passing the sentence, the judge, who was called Justice again, so it must be something to do with the judge, Justice Field. Oh, God. Yeah, that's just their title. Are we going back to that? We, Maybe you've must said just this bit... before. It's their title. You were like, no, it's their name. It's absolutely not. Their title is Justice. Yeah, and then you were like, I think that's a judge thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it definitely is. You were right, Tash. Uh, the judge said he felt that there was definitely a sexual element to the killing and that Vincent had become more and more obsessed with her. Because he'd like researched loads of things about her on his computer and that. So he was just almost stalking his neighbor and then eventually attacked her. So that's the judge knew what he was doing. So you might be thinking, what's happened to Mr. Jeffries now as he was hounded by the media? So Mr. Jeffries is now in his 70s and regularly holds and conducts interviews and speeches on his ordeal in the aftermath. He also holds lectures in various universities. He uh, also played a part in the Leveson inquiry that focused on the culture and ethics of the British press. So that was the big inquiry that I think took down the news of the world. All right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. He also received a substantial payout from eight national newspapers. Wow. Too fucking right. Yeah, and the exact the exact amount is undisclosed, although it was reportedly six figures, and it should be. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, he also bless his little heart has short brown hair now. He's left his eccentric big white hair behind because that's apparently enough to make the British press think that you're a peeping tom and murderer and all this stuff just because you have white hair. So he looks a lot um, more groomed now. Yeah. And also, there was a mini-series that was created about Jeffries 
it was Jason Watkins that pe- played Jeffries in the TV recreation, and it's called The Lost Honor of Jeff of Christopher Jeffries. It I don't think it was on it was on ITV or something like that. I tried to watch it, but I couldn't find it. We needed a VPN, and I don't have one. But um, yeah, you can you can watch that, and that tells his story as well. Cool. Um, so anyway, that's my story for this week. The murder of Joanna Yates and the the horrible treatment for Mr. Jeffries. Well, thanks, um, Beck. Thanks, Becky. I'm just confused, really, because there doesn't seem to be any particular motive to why he killed her, unless he literally just wanted to get off on killing her. It went from a bit of S&M to something disgusting and then he acted on it. The way that he acted and the things that, the way that he was going, the police and like various tests that he'd had done on him so by psychologists and stuff said that he was definitely a serial killer in the making, that he probably oh, would have killed really? again. Yeah. Just the way that he was and the way he was acting and stuff yeah. and how he um, progressed up to killing, not progressed, escalated up to being a killer. So yeah. Yeah, if they didn't catch him, someone else would have died. Unfortunately died as well. Well, well done, coppers, getting the guy. Yeah. Oh, dear. It's funny that um, we do a funny podcast, but we always talk about somebody dying, and it's such a fucking bummer. Oh, dear. Anyway, you were, you all done? Is everybody done? I think so. I'm shall we let, done. Shall we... Um, oh, I've just got... This is like a little life lesson. You know, like Jerry Springer does the final... Or he used to, bless his or, heart. Uh, the, yeah, final the, word. The or, final yeah. thought. Yeah, oh, yeah, go on. I've been helping a friend through a very difficult situation um, this past week or two. I'm, I'm not going to say who it is. I'll you know, keep their identity private, not that they listen to this podcast. But yeah, some men are just massive arseholes. And some, I'm, I am saying some, not all. You know, there are lovely guys out there as well. But she, bless her heart, she's been married for just over 20 years to this guy. Um, let's, I don't know, let's call her Lorraine. And she, <laughs> that seems like such a random name to come up with, Lorraine. <laughs> um, so, and she's been married to, let's, uh, Gary, he's Gary. So she's been married to Gary for, yeah, over 20 years now. But she found out that he was cheating on her. Um, and guess how old the mistress is. Oh, like, mm, I don't want to know. 28. Really young? Uh, younger than that. 18. Or 18? No, nah, she's 21. But that's still pretty, you know, that's a big kick in the teeth for her. And it's just a bit gross, really. Yeah, it is gross. So let's call her, I don't know, Keely. <laughs> Keely? <laughs> I'm thinking about Keelover. I don't know. Keely. She's called Keely. Anyway, okay. so um, I've kind of been helping her because as soon as, like, Lorraine found out about this affair she just she i mean bless her heart she went she was just like fuck you screw this i'm out obviously she was completely devastated yeah and i've been kind of talking to gary to you know see what because he's well he's a bit sheepish really it's he's a bit 
he didn't have much of a backbone. But anyway, the other day he said something and I just can't believe he said this. And yeah, absolutely awful. Never, ever, ever say this if you've cheated on someone. He said he was actually really happy because he can see Keely now Lorraine has gone. Oh, that's not cool. <laughs> so not gutted that his marriage has ended. Oh, Tash. <laughs> you can see Keely now the oh, rain has hate. gone. I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm not, this isn't even funny because do you know what? I was trying to rack my brains who this could be. Is this someone yeah, we I was, know? I was going to say, yeah, I was like, you need to tell us who it is after the podcast. Spill all, spill all. Sorry. Right. Emma, you need to stop. You're too serious. You're like, oh, and then this happened. I'm like, and you know, we're, we're, we're all down for the drama. Do you know, you know what? our weaknesses? I was being so good we, and listening. You know. I was being so good and listening because the moment we finished recording, I was going to go, so do we know them? Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> yeah. Pictures, pictures. Show me, show me Keely. Show me everyone. Oh, bless your hearts. You can see Keely now, Lorraine has gone. And that's my final thought. <laughs> Stay safe, guys. Yeah, don't kill people, please. And obviously stop telling horrendous jokes because it doesn't work. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Should we move on with the stuff? Yeah, let's yes. move on. I've got an embarrassing story, if you'd like to hear that. Yes. Is it, is it about somebody not washing their dick? No. Because that would be hilarious. No. It's an embarrassing story about me, and I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't have a penis. <gasps> she does not have you a penis. Don't? Okay. Don't have a penis. Don't have a penis. Okay. Um, I, I think so. I knew that. I think I may have seen your vagina at some point. I'm pretty sure. Anyway. I think we've all been for wheeze together. But yeah. yeah, I guess so. I mean, you said that like and I really panicked. I was like, I have you. But yeah, you've definitely seen my vagina <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah. So lucky you is all I can say. Um, <laughs> I'm very, very, very glad. Yeah. That's what you girls know. do, you know, like everybody out there. We just like flash our vaginas at each other and like, oh, look at mine. Look at the flaps. Like, that's, I don't yeah, think we true. did that, but we definitely did the toilet <laughs> many times together. I'm really panicked. You're not. Like... No, you're not. <laughs> I definitely am. No one's seen my vagina. Uh, anyway, embarrassing story. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. At my place of work. Um, in the summer, we have a lot of like summer staff come in, students come to work. Um, sometimes they'll be there just for a short period of time. Other times they'll come back year after year. So we had a long list of names of people um, on like a whiteboard. It was either like employed, uh, waiting for an interview, waiting for them to get back to us. And it was all sort of sectioned off. And there was multiple names, Olivia, Danny, 
Charlie, John, you know, lots of names. And then there was one that was spelt M I. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have a corrections corner in a minute for that. Okay. 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 So it was spelt and written as follows M, uh, a capital M, a small I, space, capital L, L E S. So I'm reading through this board. I'd been away for two weeks, come back and there's loads of new names. So I'm reading through. I'm like, who's Olivia? Who's Gary? Who's John? Who's Chantel? Who's Chloe? Who's me, Les? Me, Les? And I'm reading it over and over again. Me, Les. Do you know what the name was? It, it is spelled no. M-I-L-E-S. But I in two, no with a space. Idea. Yeah, with the space. I've no idea, Tash. What was it? <laughs> Miles. I don't know what it is. It was Miles. <laughs> the name was Miles. And it was just the way that it was written on the board. It looked like... Me, Les. My, Les. Oh. But I just... Honestly, I was so baffled looking at it. I was like, who is me, Les? Me, Les. <laughs> and uh, poor me, Les, it stuck. And uh, we think... Oh, so is it the uh, Miles was me, Les? Me, Les, yeah. <gasps> um, oh. But was, I was, was so Miles embarrassed. then? Miles was not employed, but we do talk about Miles often. Um, but I was so embarrassed that I couldn't read that name. Like mortified with myself. So, oh, it was whoever that... written it down. Set you oh, up for failure. Listen, I'll be honest. I took a picture of that and I sent that to multiple people and said, "How do you read that?" And and arguably, everyone agreed with me. But I was still yeah. mortified. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. well, it it made it it made work eventful for a while, sir. So. Oh, so eventful! Is somebody tapping? No. no. On my end, it sounds like somebody's having a wank. I can hear. I'm that definitely too. not wanking. Can you hear it, Becky? <laughs> Well, hold on, I'll unplug. Um, that means it's Becky. She can't hear it. it Becky's wanking. Becky's wanking, everybody. <laughs> God, I've been <laughs> found out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've stopped now. It's stopped. Yeah, because I've just unplugged and plugged back in my headphones no, again. That's not true. It's and stop wanking. Found out she got embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it if you know. <laughs> I wonder if the audio picked it up because if it did, I'm leaving obviously it in, they cause... fucking didn't because I'm not actually wanking. <laughs> <laughs> I left my dildo in a hotel under the mattress. It was a proper like, yeah, it was like a little wank. Yeah, it was. <laughs> was it clapping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it hadn't built up to that bit yet. <laughs> oh, that was so gross! Right, quickly, quickly, quickly.